We're here today to speak with two of the contributors to our new book, How to Heal Our Divides. Seth Henderson is a program manager at the Aspen Institute Citizenship and American Identity Program and focuses on the Better Arguments Project, a national civic initiative created to help bridge ideological divides. Prior to joining the Aspen Institute, Seth was the first employee of President Obama's My Brother's Keeper Alliance. President Obama established MBKA in 2014 to address persistent opportunity gaps facing boys and young men of color. Seth is a McNair Scholar and graduate of Eastern Kentucky University, where he majored in political science and criminal justice. More recently, he's completed certifications in nonprofit executive management from Georgetown University and diversity inclusion from Cornell University. He's currently completing a project management certificate from Harvard University and completing coursework in the McKinsey and Company Black Leadership Academy Management Accelerator. Eric Gross is a program co coordinator also at the Aspen Institute Citizenship and American Identity Program, and is also focused on the Better Arguments Project. Prior to joining the Aspen Institute, Eric worked at the American Council of Trustees and Alumni, a nonprofit dedicated to promoting liberal arts education and academic freedom at colleges and universities nationwide. Eric graduated from Kenyon College with an economics major and a history minor and achieved the honor of distinction in his economics major senior exercise. So guys, it's really great to have you involved in this project. Uh, appreciate that very much and uh, really glad that you've joined us here today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure sure. to be here. Certainly, certainly. So, you know, I, I love what you guys do with the project. I think it's really important, and I'm glad that uh, we're going to include it in this book. Um, but before we talk about that, maybe if each of you could just kind of talk about some of your background. I just gave a quick highlight, but I'm sure there's other things that uh, you'd like to share. Absolutely. Uh, so my background, for the most part, has involved work in nonprofits, social impact projects, political campaigns, and I, you know, volunteer my time in additional capacities to work for a nonprofit that focuses focuses on international um, education and accessibility. So my background is a bit diverse in terms of things that I focus on, but at the heart of it is wanting to engage in positive social impact projects. Great, and, and like Seth, you know, I'm also coming from a uh, nonprofit background. And at my last job, I was doing a lot of work on higher education policy and specifically with questions about free speech on campus, which is sort of a big hot button issue. And was running into a lot of interesting questions about sort of how do you build a culture on campus or elsewhere where people um, can feel comfortable expressing themselves freely and constructively and having, you know, robust, meaningful conversations about uh, various issues academically or otherwise, and was really drawn to the Better Arguments Project because I felt like the project was providing some solutions, that it's, that this project has developed a framework for how to have difficult conversations across ideological, political uh, identity divides and was really drawn to the work to help promote that. Wonderful. Well, let's talk about that um, project. Can you talk about a little bit when it got started, how it got started, and uh, how it's evolved to where it is today? Absolutely. So the Better Arguments Project early inception focused around uh, the time of the 2016 presidential election and conversations that emerged from different partners, which I'll get to in a moment, that comprise uh, the core partners of the Better Arguments Project. 
And early on, there was an article from our executive director, Eric Liu, who wrote an article in The Atlantic that talked about the need for reconciliation. And this, as I said, was around the time of the 2016 presidential election. And through additional conversations with the Aspen Institute and other partners, um, connections were made for the Aspen Institute, Facing History and Ourselves, which is another nonprofit organization that focuses on education, and Allstate, which has a uh, large focus on positive social impact projects, came together to basically form uh, the Better Arguments Project and to address the question, what is a better argument? And the three partners were very invested in wanting to equip people and, you know, with skills to engage more productively across difference by providing them with more social and emotional intelligence skills that they can use in their personal professional life in an effort to improve the, the divides and the tensions that we face in our society today. So basically in 2018, we launched applications for communities to apply to be part of the Better Arguments Project pilot. And we received about 75 applications from across the country for communities that raised their hand that wanted to engage um, in this pilot. And then after this process, we then selected three communities and we traveled to Dumas, Arkansas. We focused on economic development and voter confidence. We then traveled to Queens, New York and talked about controversial monuments and partnered with the Socrates Sculpture Park. And then we went to Anchorage, Alaska and partnered with the Alaska Humanities Forum to focus on the human dynamics of climate change. And these three site visits were to basically take the, the framework of the Better Arguments Project, which is composed of three dimensions and five principles, the three dimensions being history, emotion, and power. And then the five principles being one, take winning off the table, two, prioritize relationships and listen passionately, third, pay attention to context, fourth, embrace vulnerability, and five, make room to transform. We needed to take that framework and apply it in the context of a real community dealing with challenges to really test how this would work, convening groups together to use this to some extent, the principles as community agreements in engaging in a conversation of diverse viewpoints. So after we hosted those three site visits, we then hosted our first two community events. The first one was in Detroit where we brought together 300 uh, Detroit residents to talk about the tensions between longtime residents and newcomers. And it was about a half day's worth of programming and we were very methodical on how we, you know, did our outreach and wanted to make sure that we brought diverse viewpoints together that focused on this topic. And um, that was in 2019. And then after that event, we then went to Thornton, Colorado and partnered with Anything Libraries and talked about the, the tech boom tensions in the area that are of concern to people who live close to Denver and the, the growing tech industry there in terms of its impact on other neighboring cities around Denver. And then that brings us up to 2020. So obviously 2020 was a difficult year for many reasons. And the, the pandemic really, um, you know, pushed us to shift our focus into a more virtual format as we were obviously doing a lot of in-person gatherings like many other organizations. And in 2020 in the summer, you know, we were shifting our, our strategy and then began to launch our website, which after the course of about a year, designed a new website for people to come to betterarguments.org and see the offerings that we would be providing to the public. And um, that was in the summer of 2020. 
And then we had a full launch with everything in September of last year. Does that get at what you were asking? Yes, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Um, it, it's quite a, an evolution. And just like so many organizations, you know, having to shift, you know, in some cases dramatically from one model to another this past year. Um, so let's dive into a little bit about um, the different offerings that you see going forward. Um, and particularly how that relates to an individual that wants to get involved or to an organization that wants to take advantage of uh, your program. Yeah, absolutely. So when we designed the, the new Better Arguments Project website, we designed it in keeping in mind that many people who come to the website, we wanted to, to some degree, someone who wanted very minimal engagement in terms of the commitment that they wanted to provide to someone who more in a medium capacity wanted to engage to someone who would also then deeply want to be immersed um, in the principles and the additional offerings we have. So uh, on our page, we have different focus areas that we have prioritized that we uh, provide offerings to different sectors. So we've identified um, five key areas, community being the first one, which is broad in terms of the resources that we want to provide there. The second is a faith resource where we talk and are developing a resource that is, you know, the better arguments principles, but focusing on a faith context. The third is an education resource, which we currently have a middle school curriculum that we are going to be scaling around the country this year that further helps you know, middle and high school students engage more productively across difference and walks then through a curriculum that was designed by an educator and is very applicable for educators that want to use this in the classroom. The next one focuses on workplace. So we have designed a resource with the Good Project um, for better arguments in the workplace. And soon we will be unveiling a diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation guide that focuses on uh, better arguments in the workplace as well. And then the last one that we are focusing on is engaging public office in some capacity to further equip individuals, staffers, potentially even members and elected officials on how to engage more productively across difference. So that's one focus area in terms of the resources that we have developed that people can utilize. Uh, another avenue that people can engage with us in is the virtual trainings that we host. So since October of last year, we have been monthly hosting Better Arguments 101 trainings, which give people an orientation to what we're doing and walks them through the dimensions and the principles. And since October of last year, those have consistently sold out at 300 people registered every month, which is a very nice uh, indicator and you know, really great to see that that many people from around the country are very interested in, in engaging in difficult conversations, despite what we may think in society about people um, who may not want to do that. We have seen very clearly that there is a high demand for people who want to engage more productively across difference. So that Better Arguments 101 training is one part of the work. And then soon in April, we are going to be unveiling a a deeper, more immersive training that goes, focuses on the principles themselves to practice. And this is in response to, you know, we followed up with people who engaged in the initial one-on-one training and just different feedback received that people would like a longer session and that they want to really dive deep into the principles themselves and how they can apply them to their life. So this is an additional training that we will be offering soon and, um, will be additional opportunities beyond the one coming up in April for people to engage with us. 
And another thing that is um, in, in the works, it's not an explicit offering that we are providing right now, but based on these better arguments, one-on-one orientations and people learning about the principles, we have received a number of requests from different organizations that basically want what we do in the training to make it customized for organizations. So we've received a number of requests and you know, me and Eric recently did one a couple months ago with the League of Women Voters and the San Diego chapter, and they wanted the training specifically for their members. And we are receiving some additional ones um, as well and evaluating based on capacity about how we want to proceed um, more with those. But we suspect those will increase, which is also um, an unexpected thing that's great that has come out of, you know, launching the Better Arguments Project. And then um, in terms of the very light ways on the website, we also encourage people to submit topics that they would like um, to engage in a better argument. And this just allows for us to see on the back end and respond to users that come to the website, different topics that have come up that they would like for us to focus on and potentially um, produce a resource. And we review those and, and consider those um, moving forward. Can I add on a couple things? Um, and um, yeah, what, what I think is exciting is that the Better Arguments Project has sort of gone through this pilot of developing our framework um, to make arguments healthier and more productive. And now we sort of have a tried and true um, process that we're looking to spread and embed into um, as many aspects of American life as possible, like Seth was mentioning with the various sectors that we are trying to uh, uh, influence with our with our framework, um, but it's also been awesome working with um, you know all the people on the ground like the League of Women's Voters in San Diego, who I really think of as the heroes, so to speak, in the the work that needs to be done of reaching across divides and healing this country, and that we're really there to help them, to uh, empower them further, to um, train them in these skills that they can use in their work going forward and to make groups like that more effective and to help amplify them. Absolutely. And uh, something, thank you for saying that, that um, reminds me, it's, it's not public offering that we have right now, but Brian, you asked about what things to come as well. So we're also currently partnering with two organizations and individuals on the Better Arguments Ambassador Program. So hopefully in the summer of this year, we will be launching a uh, application process for leaders around the country who really want to de like dive deeper into the principles uh, or have a desire to you know, bring the principles of a better argument to their context and community. We'll have an open application process and have diverse uh, cohorts come together to have a immersive experience with experts and preparing them in different facilitation best practices and how to build community buy-in and really equip people who are very serious about wanting to engage productively across difference. And then next year, we would like to scale those efforts and potentially have you know spring, summer, fall cohorts. But this year, we will be piloting the, the Better Arguments Ambassador Program very soon. Excellent. Um, I saw something on the website about that, so I was going to ask you about that uh, specific program. Um, and I love the way that you guys are tailoring this both to an individual in that kind of case, as well as the kind of consultation that you're providing with, you know, 
League of Women Voters as an example. I think that, you know, being able to utilize these tools in those two mentions is really important, but also you've done it cross industry, which I think is really great as well. Absolutely. I mean, it speaks to the broad applicability of those principles, which, you know, is a really uh, positive trait. Yeah, I think that the, well, the Better Arguments Project, as Seth mentioned, was born out of the polarization we were seeing with the 2016 election, which potentially only got worse with the 2020 election. But the framework that we've developed has so many applications beyond uh, responding to effective polarization. You know, for the middle school curriculum, I really believe that training kids in these skills isn't just going to make them more thoughtful citizens. It's going to make them better learners. It's going to make them more skilled at dialogue-based learning and better at engaging with other people. With the workplace resources, I don't just think that it's going to make employees more civically engaged either. I think it's going to make for a healthier workplace culture. I think it's going to make for more productive employees if they feel comfortable expressing themselves and voicing their opinions on critical matters facing the firm or something like that. And I really feel like we've developed uh, this great approach to having meaningful conversations that can have so many ripple effects beyond just bringing Republicans and Democrats together to talk about issues, for example. I can readily see that. Absolutely. So as this program evolved, you know, through the pilots, the other kinds of things that you've done, what would you say are some of the most important learnings that have come out of it? I think a really important learning, and this is, I think, true of many civic engagement organizations that are trying to convene people together, is, you know, to, to really convene groups, it requires a lot of community buy-in and local partners that are in, you know, in communities that have a trusted reputation of bringing people together. And I think really, if you're someone who's wanting to convene your community around a specific topic and you want, you know, the community to come together and talk about it, it's very important. And I'm glad that we were methodical in this approach when we hosted our, you know, site visits and the community events. We partnered with local organizations that were already doing this work on the ground and not wanting to come in and parachute in and be like, we, we have the answer and no one here doesn't know what they're doing. There are a lot of great organizations that you know many people have heard of, many people have not heard of that have been doing this type of work and they deserve the respect and credit for what they have been doing to build that trust in their community. And I think it goes a really long way for, for us you know, and the core partners of the Better Arguments Project to be able to partner with organizations that I think you know, really trust the partners themselves in terms of what they have done so they do trust us in coming in as well and being a thought partner with them. Um, and then another learning, and Eric, feel free to share some things that you think as well, uh, is in engaging productively across difference is, you know, we have these principles, the framework, and while it's really easy to see those, those are very complex things to actually apply for many people. and everyday life. I mean, we can say, take winning off the table, prioritize relationships, but these are really difficult skills that need to be practiced over time. And they cannot be something that you just hear one time. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to go out there and every person I talk to is just going to be a great conversation. 
these are like important social and emotional intelligence skills that need to be practiced and repeated over time, which is also why I think we're very excited too about preparing resources and further, you know, engaging in young people in middle school context to prepare individuals in the age that we live in of access to information, access to different points of view. And, you know, we have also plenty of avenues to in, to not engage productively in conversation and being able to prepare younger people as they grow up through life. You know, as Eric said, make them better learners. And quite frankly, I think it does make for a healthier civic society. And, you know, with the Better Arguments Project, we're, we're not saying someone who embodies the principles and engage in the conversation, you are going to change the perspective of someone that you are talking to. And that's not the goal. I mean, literally the first principle says to take winning off the table. But we do believe when you embody these principles in a conversation, and if I engage with, you know, you, Brian, and I've not met you, and there's a particular topic that I know we probably disagree on, that probably should not be the first thing that we talk about when we meet one another. We should actually build a relationship and bond so that I understand where your beliefs come from, what motivated them, and I can do the same for you to hear as well. And while it may not result at the end of the day of, uh, you know, coming together and I actually do agree with you or you agree with my point of view, at a minimum, by embracing these principles, I will hopefully at least walk away from that engagement, having a respect for you as a human being and your beliefs. And I would hope you would have the same for me. And that is something that really is missing in society today. People view another individual as just the belief that they know they are opposed to. And that opposing view is what makes up that entire human being. And that's just not the case. And of course, there are arguments and you know, topics that you shouldn't engage in, and it's completely up to an individual in terms of their own personal growth and embracing vulnerability, which can be difficult if they need to do that for their own personal growth. Um, but it is very important to, to see someone beyond just the, the view they hold that is different from your own. I think there are a lot of lessons that we've been learning. One personal one that I wanted to highlight is that what we've been able to do with the Better Arguments Project in the last few months has made me a lot more optimistic about the possibility of discourse building in an online environment. Um, so I'm, I'm relatively new to the project. I started working here in September in the middle of the, the pandemic. And I still think that there's a real humanizing influence of in-person interactions of, you know, hearing each other's voices, seeing each other, there being a physical presence that makes you have warmer attitudes towards people. Um, but we've seen, you know, a lot of success with engaging people online and being able to bring people across the country together that I'm not sure we would have been able to do um, if it wasn't for this. You know, we do these public trainings and we're getting people from across the nation coming together for this in a way that I haven't really experienced before I started working here. And it's made me a lot more optimistic about the possibilities in the online space for the type of work that we're doing when prior to this, I really sort of wrote off the possibility of, um, of creating substantive discourse online, seeing sort of all the vitriolic content on social media, which I think presents a lot of issues for uh, healing our divides. But what we've been able to do in this project has given me some glimmers of hope.
That's well, wonderful to hear. So just to kind of summarize, if we could come up with a few bullet points for people to take away with of how they could potentially get involved, people or organizations. Um, let's try to list those. Clearly, there's the resources, you know, that you've got on the website that they can download and read. There's the upcoming Better Arguments Ambassador project. Um, there are consulting type arrangements, customization that you mentioned that um, <clears throat> if an organization wanted to work with you that way, how, w w first of all, what are the other major bullets that I'm missing there? And then how do people approach you for those? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one, everything that you just listed, and I'll add uh, a couple more things. So it's betterarguments.org. So obviously there are resources. So anyone who has different, you know, experience in the sectors that we've identified. So we have created resources and will continue. So we also encourage people to come back in and visit the website as we will be, you know, updating the, the library and these different sectors that we've identified with additional resources. So one, there's resources for individuals that want to bring the better arguments to the workplace, a faith context, public office. And some of these are, are coming soon and aren't available just yet, but this is what we're working on. And then there is an existing middle and high school curriculum for engaging in better arguments. So that's one way to engage with us. The second is to attend a virtual training. So we have two trainings, one that's more of an orientation that gets people acclimated to the better arguments framework. And then there's another training that is a deeper principles to practice where you spend more time diving into the, the principles and how to apply them in your life. And then upcoming, we have the Better Arguments Ambassador Program, which we'll be piloting later this year. And we will be selecting probably 10 to 15 individuals from across the country to be the, the first inaugural ambassadors in that program. And, you know, in terms of ways to reach out to us, you know, our contact information is available in different ways and people should feel free to email our general inbox at betterarguments at aspeninstitute.org and it will get to the, the right place. And we're happy to, you know, schedule time with people if they just want to learn more about the project but also many people reach out to us wanting to have customized trainings as well. And we're happy to, to have those conversations as well. Excellent. Well, um, what you guys have put together is really well-crafted, well-organized, very clear uh, articulation of uh, the benefits and the implementation, which is really great to see. So thanks again for being part of the How to Heal Our Divides project. And um, we'll all uh, continue to uh, work together to try to achieve that. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a collective effort. Absolutely. The more of us doing it, the better. <laughs>